Chapter thirty one, part two of the betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The betrothed or E Promesi Sposi by Alessandro Manzoni. Chapter thirty one, part two. The aged physician, Ludovico Setala, who had almost attained his eightieth year, who had been professor of medicine in the University of Pavia, and afterwards of moral philosophy at Milan, the author of many works at that time in very high repute, eminent for the invitations he had received to occupy the chairs of other universities, Ingolstadt, Pisa, Bologna, and Padua, and for his refusal of all these honours, was certainly one of the most influential men of his time. To his reputation for learning was added that of his life, and to admiration for his character, a feeling of goodwill for his great kindness in curing and benefiting the poor. Yet there is one circumstance which, in our minds, disturbs and overclouds the sentiment of esteem inspired by these merits, but which at that time must have rendered it stronger and more general. The poor man participated in the commonest and most fatal prejudices of his contemporaries. He was in advance of them, but not distinguished from the multitude, a station which only invites trouble, and often causes the loss of an authority acquired by other means. Nevertheless, that which he enjoyed in so great a degree was not only insufficient to overcome the general opinion on this subject of the pestilence, but it could not even protect him from the animosity and the insults of that part of the populace which readily steps from opinions to their exhibition by actual deeds. One day, as he was going in a litter to visit his patients, crowds began to assemble round him, crying out that he was the head of those who were determined in spite of everything to make out that there was a plague that it was he who put the city in alarm with his gloomy brow and shaggy beard and all to give employment to the doctors the multitude and their fury went on increasing so that the bearers seeing their danger took refuge with their master in the house of a friend which fortunately happened to be at hand all this occurred to him for having foreseen clearly stated what was really the fact and wished to save thousands of his fellow-creatures from the pestilence when having by his deplorable advice co-operated in causing a poor unhappy wretch to be put to the torture racked and burnt as a witch because one of her masters had suffered extraordinary pains in his stomach and another some time before had been desperately enamoured of her he had received from the popular voice additional reputation for wisdom and what is intolerable to think of the additional title of the well-deserving towards the latter end of march however sickness and deaths began rapidly to multiply first in the suburbs of the porta oriental and then in all the other quarters of the city with the unusual accompaniments of spasms palpitation lethargy delirium and those fatal symptoms, livid spots and sores, 
and these deaths were for the most part a rapid violent and not unfrequently sudden without any previous tokens of illness those physicians who were opposed to the belief of contagion unwilling now to admit what they had hitherto derided yet obliged to give a generical name to the new malady which had become too common and too evident to go without one adopted that of malignant or pestilential fevers a miserable expedient a mere play upon words which was productive of much harm because while it appeared to acknowledge the truth it only contributed to the disbelief of what it was most important to believe and discern viz that the infection was conveyed by means of the touch the magistrates like one awakening from a deep sleep began to lend a little more ear to the appeals and proposals of the board of health to support its proclamations and second the sequestrations prescribed and the quarantines enjoined by this tribunal the board was also constantly demanding money to provide for the daily expenses of the lazaretto now augmented by so many additional services and for this they applied to the decurioni while it being decided which was never done i believe except by practice whether such expenses should be charged to the city or to the royal exchequer the high chancellor also applied importunately to the decurione by order too of the governor who had again returned to lay siege to the unfortunate casale the senate likewise applied to them imploring them to see to the best method of victualling the city before they should be forbidden in the case of the unhappy dissemination of the contagion to have any intercourse with other countries and to find means of maintaining a large proportion of the population which was now deprived of employment the decurione endeavoured to raise money by loans and taxes and of what they thus accumulated they gave a little to the board of health a little to the poor purchased a little corn and thus in some degree supplied the existing necessity the severest sufferings had not yet arrived in the lazaretto where the population although decimated daily continued daily on the increase there was another arduous undertaking to ensure attendance and subordination to preserve the enjoined separations and to maintain in short or rather to establish the government prescribed by the board of health for from the very first everything had been in confusion from the ungovernableness of many of the inmates and the negligence or connivance of the officials the board of the decurione not knowing which way to turn bethought themselves of applying to the capuchins and besought the father commissary as he was called of the province who occupied the place of the father provincial lately deceased to give them a competent person to govern this desolate kingdom the commissary proposed to them as their governor one father felice cassati a man of advanced age who enjoyed a great reputation for charity activity and gentleness of disposition combined with a strong mind a character which as the sequel will show was well deserved and as his coadjutor and assistants one michele pozzo bonelli 
still a young man but grave and stern in mind as in countenance gladly enough were they accepted and on the thirtieth of march they entered the lazaretto the president of the board of health conducted them round as it were to put them in possession and having assembled the servants and officials of every rank proclaimed father felice in their presence governor of the place with primary and unlimited authority in proportion as the wretched multitude there assembled increased other capuchins resorted thither and here were superintendents confessors administrators nurses cooks overlookers of the wardrobe washerwomen in short everything that was required father felice ever diligent ever watchful went about day and night through the porticoes chambers and open spaces sometimes carrying a spear sometimes armed only with hair cloth he animated and regulated every duty pacified tumults settled disputes threatened punished reproved comforted dried and shed tears at the very outset he took the plague recovered and with fresher clarity resumed his first duties most of his brethren here sacrificed their lives and all joyfully such a dictatorship was certainly a strange expedient strange as was the calamity strange as were the times and even did we know more about it this alone would suffice as an argument as a specimen indeed of a rude and ill-regulated state of society but the spirit the deeds the self-sacrifice of these friars deserve no less than they should be mentioned with respect and tenderness and with that species of gratitude which one feels en masse as it were for the great services rendered by men to their fellows to die in a good cause is a wise and beautiful action at any time under any state of things whatsoever for had not ye fathers repaired hither says Tadino, assuredly ye whole city would have been annihilated for it was a miraculous thing that ye fathers effected so much for ye public benefit in so short a space of time and receiving no assistance or at least very little from ye city contrived by their industry and prudence to maintain so many thousands of poor in ye lazaretto among the public also this obstinacy in denying the pestilence gave way naturally and gradually disappeared in proportion as the contagion extended itself and extended itself too before their own eyes by means of contact and intercourse and still more when after having been for some time confined to the lower orders it began to take effect upon the higher and among these as he was then the most eminent so by us now the senior physician Setala deserves express mention people must at least have said the poor old man was right but who knows he with his wife two sons and seven persons in his service all took the plague one of these sons and himself recovered the rest died these cases says tadino occurring in the city in the first families dispose the nobility and common people to think 
and the incredulous physicians and the ignorant and rash lower orders began to bite their lips grind their teeth and arch their eyebrows in amazement but the revolutions the reprisals the vengeance so to say of the contrived obstinacy are sometimes such as to raise a wish that it had continued unshaken and unconquered even to the last against reason and evidence and this was truly one of those occasions they who had so resolutely and perseveringly impugned the existence of a germ of evil near them or among them which might propagate itself by natural means and make much havoc unable now to deny its propagation and unwilling to attribute it to those means for this would have been to confess at once a great delusion and a great error were so much the more inclined to find some other cause for it and to make good any that might happen to present itself unhappily there was one in readiness in the ideas and traditions common to that time not only here but in every part of europe of magical arts diabolical practices people sworn to disseminate the plague by means of contagious poisons and witchcraft these and similar things had already been supposed and believed during many other plagues and at milan especially in that half a century before it may be added that even during the preceding year a despatch signed by king philip the fourth had been forwarded to the governor in which he was informed that four frenchmen had escaped from madrid who were sought upon suspicion of spreading poisonous and pestilential ointments and requiring to be on the watch perchance they should arrive at milan the governor communicated the dispatch to the senate and the board of health and thenceforward it seems they thought no more about it when however the plague broke forth and was recognized by all the return of this intelligence to memory may have served to confirm and support the vague suspicion of an iniquitous fraud it may even have been the first occasion of creating it but two actions one of blind and undisciplined fear the other of i know not what malicious mischief were what converted this vague suspicion of a possible attempt into more than suspicion and with many a certain conviction of a real plot some persons who fancied they had seen people on the evening of the seventeenth of may in the cathedral anointing a partition which was used to separate the spaces assigned to the two sexes had this partition and a number of benches enclosed within it brought out during the night although the president of the board of health having repaired thither with four members of his committee and having inspected the screen the benches and the stoops of holy water and found nothing that could confirm the ignorant suspicion of a poisonous attempt had declared to humour other people's fancies and rather to exceeding caution than from any conviction of necessity that it would be sufficient to have the partition washed this mass of piled-up furniture produced a strong impression of consternation among the multitude to whom any object so readily became an argument it was said and generally believed that all the benches walls and even the bell-ropes in the cathedral had been rubbed over with unctuous matter 
nor was this affirmed only at the time all the records of contemporaries some of them written after a lapse of many years which allude to this incident speak of it with equal certainty of asservation and we should be obliged to conjecture its true history did we not find it in a letter from the board of health to the governor preserved in the archives of san fedele from which we have extracted it and whence we have quoted the words we have written in italics next morning a new stranger and more significant spectacle struck the eyes and minds of the citizens in every part of the city they saw the doors and walls of the houses stained and daubed with long streaks of i know not what filthiness something yellowish and whitish spread over them as if with a sponge whether it were a base inclination to witness a more clamorous and more general consternation or a still more wicked design to augment the public confusion or whatever else it may have been the fact is attested in such a manner that it seems to us less rational to attribute it to a dream of the imagination than to a wickedly malicious trick not entirely new indeed to the wit of man not alas deficient in corresponding effects in every place so to say and every age Ripamonti, who frequently on this subject of the anointing ridicules and still more frequently deplores the popular credulity here affirms that he had seen this plastering and then describes it in the above quoted letter the gentlemen of the board of health relate the circumstances in the same terms they speak of inspections of experiments made with this matter upon dogs without any injurious effect and add that they believe such temerity proceeded rather from insolence than from any guilty design an opinion which evinces that up to this time they retain sufficient tranquillity of mind not to see what really did not exist other contemporary records not to reckon their testimony as to the truth of the fact signify at the same time that it was at first the opinion of many that this bespattering had been done in joke in a mere frolic none of them speak of any one who denied it and had there been any they certainly would have mentioned them were it only to call them irrational i have deemed it not out of place to relate and put together these particulars in part little known in part entirely unknown of a celebrated popular delirium because in errors and especially in the errors of a multitude what seems to me most interesting and most useful to observe is the course they have taken their appearances and the ways by which they could enter men's minds and hold sway there the city already tumultuously inclined was now turned upside down the owners of the houses with lighted straw burned at the besmeared spots and passers-by stopped gazed and shuddered murmured strangers suspected of this alone and at that time easily recognized by their dress were arrested by the people in the streets and consigned to prison here interrogations and examinations were made of captured captors and witnesses no one was found guilty men's minds were still capable of doubting weighing understanding the board of health issued a proclamation 
in which they promise reward and impunity to any one who would bring to light the author or authors of the deed in any wise not thinking it expedient say these gentlemen in the letter we have quoted which bears the date of the twenty first of may but which was evidently written on the nineteenth the day signified in the printed proclamation that this crime should by any means remain unpunished specially in times so perilous and suspicious we have for the consolation and peace of the people this day published an edict etc in the edict however there is no mention at least no distinct one of that rational and tranquillizing conjecture they had suggested to the governor a reservation which indicates at once a fierce prejudice in the people and in themselves a degree of obsequiousness so much the more blamable as the consequences might prove more pernicious while the board were thus making inquiries many of the public as is usually the case had already found the answer among those who believed this to be a poisonous ointment some were sure that it was an act of revenge by don gonzalo fernandez de cordoba for the insults received at his departure some that it was an idea of cardinal richelieu's to desolate milan and make himself the master of it without trouble others again it is not known with what motives would have it that the count Calato was the author of the plot or wallenstein or this or that milanese nobleman there wanted not to as we have said those who saw nothing in this occurrence but a mischievous jest and attributed it to the students to gentlemen to officers who were weary of the siege of casale it did not appear however as had been dreaded that infection and universal slaughter immediately ensued and this was probably the cause that this first fear began by degrees to subside and the matter was or seemed to be forgotten there was after all a certain number of persons not yet convinced that it was indeed the plague and because both in the lazaretto and in the city some were restored to health it was affirmed the final arguments for an opinion contradicted by evidence are always curious enough it was affirmed by the common people and even yet by many partial physicians that it was not really the plague or all would have died to remove every doubt the board of health employed an expedient conformable to the necessity of the case a means of speaking to the eye such as the times may have required or suggested on one of the festal days of whitsuntide the citizens were in the habit of flocking to the cemetery of San Gregorio outside the Porta Orientale to pray for the souls of those who had died in the former contagion and whose bodies were there interred. And borrowing from devotion an opportunity of amusement and sightseeing, everyone went thither in his best and gayest clothing. One whole family, amongst others, had this day died of the plague at the hour of the thickest concourse in the midst of the carriages riders on horseback and foot passengers the corpses of this family were by order of the board drawn naked on a car to the above-named burying ground in order that the crowd might behold in them the manifest token the revolting seal and symptom of the pestilence 
a cry of horror and consternation arose whenever the car was passing a prolonged murmur was predominant where it had passed another murmur preceded it the real existence of the plague was more believed besides every day it continued to gain more belief by itself and that very concourse would contribute not a little to propagate it first then it was not the plague absolutely not by no means the very utterance of the term was prohibited then it was pestilential fevers the idea was indirectly admitted in an adjective then it was not the true nor real plague that is to say it was the plague but only in a certain sense not positively and undoubtedly the plague but something to which no other name could be affixed lastly it was the plague without doubt without dispute but even then another idea was appended to it the idea of poison and witchcraft which altered and confounded that conveyed in the word they could no longer repress there is no necessity i imagine to be well versed in the history of words and ideas to perceive that many others have followed a similar course heaven be praised that there have not been many of such a nature and of so vast importance which contradict their evidence at such a price and to which accessories of such a character may be annexed it is possible however both in great and trifling concerns to avoid in great measure so lengthened and crooked a path by following the method which has so long been laid down of observing listening comparing and thinking before speaking but speaking this one thing by itself is so much easier than all the others put together that even we i say we men in general are somewhat to be pitied end of chapter 31 part 2 recording by alan mapstone in oxford england